MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Today, Merrick Garland has reversed Bill Barr's decision to represent Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case. One of Jim Jordan's whistleblowers turns out to be an indicted fugitive. Trump files a motion to delay the documents trial until after the election. Denver Riggleman suggests some of the data on the Hunter Biden laptop was fabricated. Senator Tuberville says white nationalists are awesome. A top Jack Smith prosecutor was seen heading in to meet with the grand jury investigating January 6th in D.C. The Department of Justice has filed a writ of mandamus trying to block Judge Amy Berman Jackson's order compelling Trump to be deposed in the Pete Strzok and Lisa Page case. And a Nebraska mother is in legal jeopardy after helping her daughter terminate her pregnancy. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, we are going to start seeing a lot of stories about women and girls and parents uh, and friends being arrested and being in legal trouble for uh, helping people get abortion care. It's very frustrating. I agree that the story and and we're just going to do a content warning as we get to it, but it's a little bit unsettling in many ways, to be honest with you. It It is. I think it's I think that every single report on this that I found tried to be very withdrawn from taking a side, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a list of facts. Um, so I just sort of want everybody to kind of understand that as we go into it. But I don't want people to miss the big picture that it's fucked up that we're in this position. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because some of the details in the story, you're going to go, oof, but that, that please just remember to focus on what the issue is at hand. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I mean, I looked around at all different kinds of reporting and everyone just didn't want to touch that third rail. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. A lot of other stuff, though, that we don't even have in the hot notes. There's news in this discussion. Yep. Yep. One of Jim Comer and Jim Jordan's whistleblowers has been indicted for failing to register as a foreign agent for China, lying to law enforcement, arms trafficking and violating sanctions against Iran. So then Republicans said, hey, clearly Biden's DOJ arrested this guy because he was about to blow the Biden fuckery wide open. Oh, come on. But then we learned this guy was actually indicted last year (laughs) and he skipped bail before the Republicans even won the House. So now I wonder if Comer and Jordan weren't harboring a fugitive from justice. I mean, it sounds like it. Well, it's fucked up, but uh, we'll cover all that on the next episode of not this day's episode, you know, because Clean Up on All 45 is out today, but this will be on the next episode of Clean Up on All 45. We'll, we'll also talk about it on the, the Patreon bonus episode that happens this weekend. Also, this is just dropped and it, it, it's upsetting me greatly. So there was a big battle to get Trump to sit for a deposition in the Pete Strzok Lisa Page case. And Amy Berman Jackson was like, yes, he has to. No one else can answer these questions. And he said publicly a bunch of times that he 
you know, purposefully did this. And and then DOJ argued back saying, no, come on. And she's like, no, seriously. And they're like, but come on, please. And and she's like, no, my final say is, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, that you have to sit for this, that Trump has to sit for this deposition. Ray is already being deposed. But the DOJ thinks that Ray needs to be deposed first and his deposition could preclude Don. They, if, you know, whatever Ray says, we might not need Donald to testify. So the DOJ is trying to protect future presidents from having to be deposed in lawsuits. But this is clearly a dumb instance of that. He should sit for this deposition. And it, it really bothers me that the, the Department of Justice is taking this stance they put in for a writ of mandamus to overturn Judge A.B. Berman Jackson's ruling that he has to sit for the deposition. I think this is a mistake. So anybody who thinks I never criticized the Department of Justice, here I am criticizing the Department of Justice. Also, Wyndham, who, you know, I've been talking about Wyndham forever. When in November of 2021, Wyndham was put on the the case to investigate the top of the coup, the leaders of the coup. I know Mm -hmm. that the Washington Post said that they didn't open an investigation until April of 2022, but that is incorrect. Wyndham actually was investigating this back as far as November 2021. And the FBI wouldn't let him do search warrants and, you know, seize people's phones and wouldn't let him get emails and stuff and wouldn't let him issue subpoenas. This was the FBI. And so he went around him and went to the inspector general's office. And because we were always like, why why is the inspector general the one seizing Eastman's phone and Clark's phone? But he's been doing this. He's been on this for a while. So Wyndham, he's leading up at least a fraudulent elector scheme, maybe more parts of the January 6th investigation that the special counsel's office is doing. He only does special counsel stuff, this Wyndham guy. And he was seen going into the Prettyman courthouse in D.C. to meet with the grand jury today. And no other notable witnesses were seen going in. And I don't know why the media isn't flipping the fuck out about this, because that's what happened in Miami when Bratt, who was the lead guy prosecutor on the documents case, went in and met with the Miami grand jury. And everyone's like, oh, no, ooh, there's no other witnesses. Ooh, they could be voting on an indictment. Uh, that might have happened today. There might have been an indictment voted on today. We don't know. We won't know until and unless we see that indictment, or it could be just something weird. Or maybe a witness snuck in the back, and we don't know. Maybe, maybe they snuck Meadows in, but we, we simply don't know. But you know we'll cover this on the next episode of the Jack Podcast. And finally, let's check out what Tommy Tuberville has to say about white nationalists. You said a white nationalist is an American, but a white nationalist is someone who who believes horrific things. You don't. Do you really think that's someone who should be serving in the military? Well, that's just a name that has been given. I mean, it's not. Let, it's listen, a real. It's a real definition. There's real concerns. So if about you're going to do away with most white people in this country out of the military, we got huge problems. It's not. We it's got not, huge problems. It's not people who are white. It's white nationalists that have a few probably you see different the beliefs, right? That have that have different beliefs. Now, if racism is one of those beliefs, I'm totally against it. I am totally against racism. But, but that there's is, a lot that of people white, that believe in different things. Is racist, Senator? Well, that, that's your opinion. You said a white nationalist is an American, but a white nationalist. What a fucking asshole! That guy's a piece of work. I mean, <laughs> not to mention he's holding up all of these confirmations. He's just a douche. Yeah, and apparently a white nationalist. He's changed his story so many times, but he still seems to stick on this white nationalists. I see them as Americans. Caitlin Collins is like, you know, that means that they're white supremacists, right? He's like, no, like he's just he's he's dumb. He's dumb and he's evil. So, yeah, we'll keep following that. But I think the Democrats need to stick on that and not let it go. Don't let that one die. No, I would love to see whoever tries to get him out of his house seat to play that over. and over. Oh, actually, he's a senator. 
Yeah, he's a senator. Yeah, but still play that over and over and over when he's up for re-election. Yeah, 100%. And and then also, I think he said something like, come on, I'm not racist. I've been, I'm a football coach. I've coached minorities. Like that is supposed to absolve you from, yeah. I can't be racist. I have a black friend. Please stop speaking, sir. (laughs) God. Uh, yeah, that's not the flex that he thinks it is. I'm not homophobic. I know gay people. Mm. My hairdresser's gay. Please stop speaking, sir. Mm, yes, no more talkies. Uh, anyway, we have uh, a lot of other news to get to, but I just wanted to get that, that Wyndham going into the grand jury room today and everyone's... We'll see what uh, happens. Ryan Riley's on it, though, uh, at, at NBC. So we'll keep an eye and we'll let you know, obviously. And also, we'll let you know at indictments only on Twitter. <laughs> So check that out. <laughs> All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, Merrick Garland has reversed Bill Barr's decision to have the Department of Justice represent Donald Trump in the original E. Jean Carroll defamation lawsuit. A little background, way back in the day when E. Jean first sued Donald for the comments he made to the press in 2019, saying he was, you know, she's not my type or I never attacked her, whatever. At that time, in 2019, Bill Barr stepped in to have the Department of Justice represent Donald, saying that his comments were part of his job as president. Now, E. Jean appealed that decision, and it's been winding its way through the courts. It went up to the New York Circuit Court, then it went up to the to the Second Circuit Court. And the Second Circuit, like, is they're like, we're New York. We don't deal with presidents. We're sending it over to the D.C. Circuit Court. D.C. Circuit Court put out an opinion and kicked it back over to the Second Circuit. And then, you know, after they remanded it back to the Second Circuit, a while back, Garland filed an argument to keep the DOJ on as Trump's representation. But in the meantime, E. Jean sued for the comments Trump made after he was president on Truth Social. That's Carol Toot. And E. Jean won that case. She was awarded $5 million. But the original case about the stuff Donald said when he was president was still out there waiting for the courts to decide, the courts, whether or not DOJ could represent Trump. Then E. Jean amended her first complaint to include stuff Donald said at the very recent CNN town hall this year. And DOJ said, hey, uh, judge, are you going to accept this motion to amend the complaint? Because if so, we need more time to decide if we're still going to represent him. Well, then the judge accepted the amended complaint. And I thought for sure the Department of Justice would decide not to rep Trump because he made these new complaints after he was president. But that's not what happened. Today, the DOJ reversed Barr's original decision because they have now determined that what Trump said to the press in 2019 was not part of his job. And here's what DOJ wrote to the judge, and I'm paraphrasing this letter because it's full of legalese. First, the DOJ said, hey, the D.C. Circuit's ruling changed our minds when it went up to the, to the Second Circuit, then over to the D.C. Circuit, remanded back. They said the D.C. Circuit reminded us that there has to be a partial but non-insignificant purpose to serve the employer, the government, when a government employee defames someone. Usually the DOJ steps in and, and defends anybody who defames a person who works for the government. That's usually what happens. But I guess the D.C. Circuit ruling changed Merrick Garland's mind. Interesting. Yeah. Next, under Ballinger, the court upheld... DOJ says the court upholds there's no rule that a government employee is always doing their job when speaking to the press. Thanks for reminding us of that, D.C. Circuit. And there has to be undisputed and affirmative evidence that the defamatory remarks serve his constituents. Therefore, DOJ has determined we lack evidence to conclude Trump was serving the government when he defamed Carol (laughs) in 2019. 
<laughs> and that the new evidence has proven to us that he made the statements with a more than insignificant purpose, well, without a more than insignificant purpose to serve the government. He, he didn't have a more than insignificant It wasn't serving right. his constituents in any way. Right. Further, DOJ has to consider whether his statements arose out of a work-related incident. Clearly, they did not. Sexual assault is obviously not job-related. Thank you. Further, because Trump's continued similar statements after he was president, we now know that the statements he made while he was president were not in the interest of his constituents. Basically, they said, well, if he just kept his mouth shut, we wouldn't really be able to know what was in his mind when he made those 2019 statements. But now that he's made them again out of office, it's obvious that he's not trying to protect his constituents or his job as president because he's not president. And so the D.C. Circuit's ruling, coupled with that and the fact that there was no insignificant you know, reason to do this, we aren't going to represent him. Accordingly, the department hereby declines to issue a new Westfall Act certification. That means we're not going to represent Donald Trump. But the trial is now scheduled to go forward, and it's scheduled on the same day as the Iowa caucus in January of 2024. Interesting. A.G., thank you so much. This one's from Feinberg at The Independent. Former Virginia Representative Denver Riggleman on Sunday said he's now working for Hunter Biden's legal team with the objective of showing the true origins of the salacious data that supporters of the former guy say is proof of lurid corruption allegations on the part of Mr. Biden and his father, the president, Joe Biden. Now, Mr. Riggleman, a former Air Force officer who worked as a technical advisor to the now defunct House January 6th Select Committee after losing his congressional seat in 2020, he told CNN on Sunday that he was retained by Hunter Biden's lawyers to prepare a, quote, technical and analytical report compared to phone forensics regarding the purported laptop, which Hunter Biden is alleged to have abandoned at a Delaware repair shop. Bullshit. Mm. Now, he told host Jim Acosta that he took the job because he, and I quote, hates bullies, and because of many of the people promoting various accusations based on the purported laptop data also promoted the false conspiracy theories, which led to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. He's speaking about someone very specifically here. <laughs> and this is a quote. There are some things I can't talk about, unlike grifters. I have to have transparency and verification to stand up in a court of law, but I can tell you this. This is from Riggleman. And he continued. What we want to look at first is the data out there purporting to be Hunter Biden's laptop. And we wanted to see if there was any forensic format and make sure there was no forensic validity to it. And there was none. <laughs> That's from Riggleman. That's what he said. Checked it out. Went on to say, if you're looking at 4chan or uh, from a site like Marco Polo, you have to have forensic validity. And I am shocked that anybody in Congress would use that data or any journalist would use those sources because of what we found out, end quote. Now, Mr. Ruggleman said he and his team have obtained proof based on the ones and zeros that they have found. This is what they're saying, that the people involved, including ex-Trump advisor Steve Bannon, ex-New York City Mayor who? Rudy Giuliani and others, they, they have been manipulating the data. And listen to this, this is crazy. This is a quote. We have people like Steve Bannon using words like editorial creativity, editorial creativity. And we have specific instances of fabrication and manipulation of the data. Hmm. This is again from Riggle. Yep. Now, the ex-Republican representative, this is who we're talking about, said the content being published in right-wing media, and I quote, has no relation to any forensic copy attached to a Hunter Biden laptop and looks to us as if most of the data is curated 
in a way that is, and I quote, almost like a mixtape of multiple data sources that's gone through the hands of 30 or 40 people. (laughs) He ends this story. A lot of the things they say are not validated and ridiculous. And we have found cases of fabricated data. This Mm. is from Riggleman. They have found the cases of fabricated data. So anything you're hearing about Hunter Biden's laptop is a mixtape of shit that people put together from basically wherever they wanted. And it's gone through almost 30 or 40 hands. That's nuts. And actually that'd be 60 or 80 hands because that's people. <laughs> uh, the old two-handed people. I'm just assuming that everybody they're talking about has two hands. I know it's a possibility, but that's what we're going to go with. That's good quick math on your part. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So like I said, it's an op. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, can't wait to see the uh, what they come up with in, in this lawsuit. I'm assuming they're going to sue, and that's why they have Riggleman. So it'll be interesting to see what the ones and zeros, as he puts it, bear out. Yeah. All right. Lawyers for the former guy have asked the federal judge, Aileen Cannon, to delay the criminal trial over the mishandling of classified documents until after next year's presidential election. We all saw this coming. Like Jack's, he, the Judge Aileen Cannon put it August 14th. Jack said, how about December 11th? Because we'll never get everything done by August 14th. And I thought December was good because it would be almost impossible for Trump to ask for a continuance for another year. After getting so much time, yeah. For another year. Uh, but he has, that's what they've done. And a federal court filing in Miami, attorneys for Trump and his co-defendant, Nauta, said that to begin a trial of this magnitude within six months of indictment is unreasonable, telling, and would result in a miscarriage of justice. Uh, In a court filing late last month, prosecutors from special counsel Jack Smith's team requested the trial be delayed till December 11th, after Cannon set it for August 14th. Trump was indicted last month on seven criminal charges, alleging that he mishandled, actually, shouldn't that be 37? Yeah, there's a typo in this New York Times report, 37 criminal charges. Aren't you glad I'm here? Alleging that he mishandled more than 100 classified documents last year at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. Oh, here it says, oh, I see what they're doing. Seven criminal charges, seven crimes, 37 counts. Yes. Alleging he willfully retained national defense information, conspired to obstruct justice and made false statements. My bad. Sorry, Times. Monday's filing points out that Trump is running for president and says he is the likely Republican nominee and undertaking that requires a tremendous amount of time and energy. And that effort will continue until the election on November 5th, 2024. Now does job, the filing says, requires him to accompany Trump during most of his campaign trips. So he can't be, he can't go to trial either. Selecting a fair, impartial jury during a presidential campaign makes the prospect of a December trial date even more daunting, the filing says. The filing adds that Trump like his defense lawyers, have previously scheduled trials and other matters that make the scheduled date nearly impossible. (laughs) Trump hopes to seize the Republican nomination in 2024. While a final date has not been set for the Iowa caucuses, it has, January 15th. The first primary contest is expected to take place mid-January. This will be the first test of whether a Judge Cannons is in his pocket, right? Is she in his pocket or not? Where we expect her decision momentarily. If she allows this trial to be postponed until after the election, I imagine, I imagine and hope that the Department of Justice, Jack Smith, because Garland can't do this, it has to be Jack Smith, that would appeal that decision. And of course, you know, Andy and I will discuss that possibility with experts on the next Jack podcast, and I'll keep you posted as to her decision here on The Beans. Thank you so much, A.G. And this last story, this is where the content warning comes in. And please, please, if you can, remember 
everybody should have control over their bodily autonomy and we should be able to make our own decisions about our reproductive health. So please remember that from the top of the story. Now, a Nebraska mother pleaded guilty Friday. What she pleaded guilty to is giving her 17-year-old daughter pills for an illegal abortion last year and helping to burn and bury the fetus. Under a plea agreement, Jessica Burgess, who's 42 years old of Norfolk, admitted to providing an abortion after 20 weeks of gestation, false reporting and tampering with human skeletal remains. Charges of concealing the death of another person and abortion by someone other than a licensed physician, those were dismissed. Now, Burgess was accused of helping her then 17-year-old daughter, Celeste, end her pregnancy. Madison County District Court documents, so she ordered abortion pills on the internet. Now, after the teen aborted the 29-week-old fetus, the two burned the remains and buried them in a field north of Norfolk in northeastern Nebraska. This is what authorities later found those remains. Now, Madison County Attorney Joe Smith has said it's the first time he has charged anyone with illegally performing an abortion after 20 weeks, a restriction that was passed in 2010. And in May, Republican Governor Jim Pillen, he signed a 12-week abortion ban. Jessica Burgess is set for sentencing on September 22nd. Two of the counts against her are felonies. One is a misdemeanor. Now, Celeste Burgess, who is now 18 years old, was charged as an adult and pleaded guilty in May to removing, concealing, or abandoning a dead body. She's scheduled to be sentenced July 20th. She faces up to two years in prison. Last summer, a man pleaded no contest to misdemeanor for helping the women bury the fetus on his parents' land. He got probation. None of this should even be happening. No. The story, it, it, it's, it's, they should have never gotten to this point. There's some very unsettling things in this story. I know for many of us to hear this, and I am 100% pro-choice. We all know that. It's awful. The whole story is just awful, and it should have never gotten to this point. So thank you for letting that, us include this in the, in the podcast. It's very important to hear things like this, but please just remember that it is about choice. It's about choice to control your bodily autonomy and your own reproductive health, period. You know where we come from uh, on this. Like, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. It's just um, so, (laughs) like, they shouldn't have to hide like this. Yeah. These obstruction of justice charges, you know, the handling of what they did with the, the aborted fetus afterward is is irrelevant if abortion access is safe and legal. Do you know what I mean? I do. Are we all, everyone listening to this, I would assume we are, we are in an echo chamber. We're preaching, yeah. preaching to the choir, but yeah, yeah I, I just, I, I, and I know that had, was hard to read and I just want to apologize for everybody for the way that the story is presented. Yeah. Again, that's not us and you know where we stand, but we are going to see so many more of these and we already have seen so many. So Uh, Anyway, we just we had to present that and now we're going to need some good news, but we do have to take a quick break. Uh, So everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. As you know, I love my mattress from Helix. Uh, It's become my personal haven. Trust me, after long days dissecting news and politics, nothing beats sinking into a tailored comfort of a Helix mattress. It knows exactly how I like to unwind. It's built for me. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. 
As a Helix mattress owner, I can confidently speak to the breadth and quality of their product range. Helix boasts a diverse lineup of 20 distinctive mattresses, encompassing the award-winning Lux collection and the recently introduced Elite range. They've also thoughtfully catered to the big and tall sleepers and have specially designed mattresses for kids. There's something for everyone. People sleep differently, so Helix offers a variety of mattress models, each designed for particular sleep positions and comfort levels. All these choices may seem daunting, but Helix has streamlined this process for you with their ingenious sleep quiz. In less than two minutes, it identifies the ideal mattress for you. I was matched with the Helix Midnight, because as you know, I sleep on my side and I like a medium firm bed. To ensure you're truly satisfied, Helix offers an exceptional 100-night in-home trial backed by a robust 10- or 15-year warranty. Moreover, your customized mattress is delivered straight to your door absolutely free. So forget the mattress store. Go online and order from Helix, and the best sleep of your life will be on the way. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com jellybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if you want to give a shout out to a loved one or a small business in your area or play what the mutt or what the heck wine, uh, or if you have a, a, that's where I try to guess what kind of horse you have. Uh, or, I mean, what else? Frog orgies, baby pictures, um, anything you want to send us, anything at we all. We love them. Send them in, please. Send it all to Daily Beans Pod. Go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up, Janet RN. Good morning, ladies. Regarding the NASAR stabbing and hoping to give a mental image for Dana. As a nurse, I can tell you that the entire time he's in the hospital, he will be handcuffed and chained to the bed by both ankles and wrists, even when he's unconscious. And there will be two security guards in the room at all times. When and if he wakes up, that is how he will find himself and will remain that way until his return to his cell. Deservedly so. Helpful? It is a little bit helpful. Thank you very much, Janet. <laughs> Thank you for Piece that. Of shit. I know. I, right? I just hate, I really hate these. I don't hate many people, but I, I do hate the men that have done this to these girls. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, all right. I'm going to lighten the hell up. Here we go. This is from Catherine, pronoun she and her. Shout out to my brothers and sisters. We take care of each other, even though we live in four different states. Like when my sister had major gut surgery, I spent more than a month with her in and out of the hospital. Then another brother took over the several weeks since, since she wasn't ready to be alone. Another brother still calls her every day around 6 p.m. to make sure she's okay. There was another health crisis later, and I started talking to her every morning at 8.45. She has given similar care to a friend of hers who has to undergo major cancer surgery and treatments. A couple of thoughts about our experiences. Number one, it's helpful to have somebody there during appointments and hospital stays to listen and advocate for you uh, when you're not up to doing it for yourself. Number two, she says, I taught her that asking is better than ordering. Nice. And I quote, is now a good time to use the sucky thing for your breathing? She carried that lesson forward when taking care of her friend. Number three, having an online app like CaringBridge is really, really helpful. Hmm. Not only could I update everybody in her circle with one or two daily posts, but the comments they posted back, they lifted her spirits. Now, three years later, we have a record of exactly what happened day to day. Hmm. Now, I turned my sister on to the Daily Beans and Jack on a recent 2,000-mile road trip. Listening to it every day reminds us of our mother 
who was an avid watcher of the Watergate hearings. She was so fixated that she would jump up and change channels to another broadcaster whenever a commercial started. That was before remote controls. If she had a grave, instead of having her ashes scattered in four places between Washington State and Virginia, I'm sure she'd be spinning in it with the news of the one that a good friend calls (laughs) Scrotus, so-called ruler of the U.S. Nice. Uh, Keep up helping us stay tuned with the news. Hmm. Catherine, I love that. It takes a village. And I love that you have such a supportive family and your siblings are so caring for each other. Really good advice too. the Caring Bridge app. I'm going to have to check that out. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that submission, Catherine. Next up from Lee, pronouns she and her. Hello, Allison and Dana and all who work to bring us the wonderful beans. My good news is that the Daily Beans good news segment really helps to keep me in good spirits. (laughs) I had a good laugh about Patty's dog, Ziggy Stardust, who thought it was a cat. My beloved cat, Tyler, always behaved like he was a dog. He's always up for catch and more than willing to cuddle, but never in my face or meowing underfoot demanding attention. My young niece and nephew lived with me when I adopted a puppy. He had come with the name Pooh. I insisted on the name change, though, after I kept hearing the kids call for the puppy, come here, Pooh Pooh. Uh, then they thought for a bit, then enthusiastically said, let's call him Ziggy Stardust. Aha, for tax, I'm submitting my baby E, enjoying one of her many books for Dana. Sorry, no frog orgies, Allison. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at the baby. Oh, God, I love them so much. Look at that hair. That's a lot of hair. That is a good head of hair. So I would be mohawking that in the tub every single day. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, I would. All right. This is from Mo. I think it's Mogan. Uh, Mogan pronouns she, they. You guys said you wanted some self-brag, so I decided to challenge myself and write one. Fuck yeah. I recently moved to a place closer to the hospital I work at, and it has an amazing view. I'll show you. Some like me and where I'm from doesn't get this kind of view. I started out life on food stamps, divorced my abusive ex, and have a few disabilities. To be where I am now is a testament to both my family's and my hard work. For pet tags, I have my sister's lab retriever puppy. Mogan, I love this post. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving yourself props. I think everyone should do that. And look at that puppy. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. So good. Are you for real? Look at the... I know ears. I know. I want to pet this puppy so much. Yeah, very cool post. Oh, look, laying with the lammy. Oh, it's a teddy bear. What's on the other side? Hmm. You know what? I don't know. Looks like another animal. No, I think it's a stuffy. (laughs) I think it's a stuffy. Uh, Anyway, okay, here we go. Next up from Sue in the ABQ. Hello, Beans Queens. I recently listened to your interview with Emoji Alawande, Feminist Buzzkill podcast, and When she said that nobody wanted to be her friend because every conversation always came back to abortion and reproductive rights, I said out loud, I'll be your friend. Nice. (laughs) I have worked in abortion care for 37 years since 1986, and I've seen and experienced so much from Operation Rescue, invading our Dallas clinic, chaining themselves to furniture and trying to break through the door to the surgery area, to having literally hundreds of protesters surrounding our clinic fairly regularly for a time, to the arson of our clinic. And of course, all the infuriating but not surprising laws chipping away at our rights, the fall of Roe, and now the terrible laws being passed by states. But the good news is, we are still here. And I like how she capitalized every word of that sentence. Mm -hmm. We are still here, providing the essential care and doing the good work. 
I've been in Albuquerque for 13 years. It's a safe haven for abortion providers and for those seeking safe abortion. As you can imagine, most of our patients are coming from Texas. I have and always continue to feel greatly rewarded by this work. We help change people's lives. It's wonderful to see women walk out of our clinic, often smiling, feeling positive about their experience and their decision and expressing their gratitude for receiving such good care in a non-judgmental environment. I feel incredibly lucky and grateful to be part of it all. For my pet tax, I've included a photo of my very first cat, Yosemite, Yossi. He's long gone, and I've had many cats since, but he's the one who started it all. I didn't think I liked cats before Yossi came into my life. He was a stray who stole my heart. There was definitely a learning curve living with my cat, but he got me trained. (laughs) And now I can't imagine my life without a cat or two by my side. My guy is a beauty. I just love those bold, funny tabby cats. I grew up in spitting distance of where Allison was in Ohio, where, where I'm from. And now I'm living in the 505, Dana's hometown. By the way, I saw Dana perform years ago at the, is it Chemo Theater? Yes, correct. And Dana, you rock. I love the pod. Start my day with it every morning on the way to work. Keep the faith, Leguminitas, and keep doing the good work. Oh, Sue, thank you so, so very much for, one, the compliments, but two, doing your good work. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, I, I think many people know this, but when Texas passed their abortion restrictions, New Mexico got flooded. Mm-hmm. flooded they mm-hmm. couldn't even they couldn't even treat everyone that came in um because it's such a safe haven but yeah hmm. unbelievable we got good people doing good work that's for sure we're doing our best but we've got listeners they're doing good things across this country and abroad by the way so she grew up near my hometown and now lives in your hometown and I has love it. seen you before yeah uh look at this sweet baby kitty by the way oh very the, very the sweet. one who started it all Well, thank you, everybody, for your submissions. We really needed it today after that last story, particularly the way it was presented. Um, So we appreciate you. And uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here today? This this week is going to be, it's going to get more interesting uh, as as the days go on. No final thoughts. I'm just, let's see what happens tomorrow. That's all I have to say. (laughs) That's kind of what I'm down to now. Let's just see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Fortunately, we're getting a lot more justice news than terrible news, so. And also really great things going on over at the NATO summit with uh, Turkey allowing Sweden to join. We've, we covered that this week. So uh, just been keeping my eye on that. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for sending in your good news. Please send in your good news to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take someone with you. Ohio, August 8th. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. 
Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Give.